chapter nine part two of paul clifford by edward bulwer lytton this librivox recording is in the public domain a day or two after the narrative of mr tomlinson paul was again visited by mrs lopkins for the regulations against frequent visitors were not then so strictly enforced as we understand them to be now and the good dame came to deplore the ill success of her interview with justice burnflat we spare the tender-hearted reader a detail of the affecting interview that ensued indeed it was but a repetition of the one we have before narrated we shall only say as a proof of paul's tenderness of heart that when he took leave of the good matron and bade god bless her his voice faltered and the tears stood in his eyes just as they were wont to do in the eyes of george the third when that excellent monarch was pleased graciously to encore god save the king i'll be hanged soliloquized our hero as he slowly bent his course towards the subtle augustus i'll be hanged humph the denunciation is prophetic if i don't feel as grateful to the old lady for her care of me as if she had never ill-used me as for my parents i believe i have little to be grateful for or proud of in that quarter my poor mother by all accounts seems scarcely to have had even the brute virtue of maternal tenderness and in all human likelihood i shall never know whether i had one father or fifty but what matters it i rather like the better to be independent and after all what do nine-tenths of us ever get from our parents but an ugly name and advice which if we follow we are wretched and if we neglect we are disinherited comforting himself with these thoughts which perhaps took their philosophical complexion from the conversations he had lately held with augustus and which broke off into the muttered air of why should we quarrel for riches paul repaired to his customary avocations in the third week of our hero's captivity tomlinson communicated to him a plan of escape that had occurred to his sagacious brain in the yard appropriated to the amusements of the gentleman misdemeaning there was a water-pipe that skirting the wall passed over the door through which every morning the pious captives passed in their way to the chapel by this tomlinson proposed to escape for to the pipe which reached from the door to the wall in a slanting and easy direction there was a sort of skirting-board and a dexterous and nimble man might readily by the help of this board convey himself along the pipe until the progress of that useful conductor which was happily very brief was stopped by the summit of the wall where it found a sequel in another pipe that descended to the ground on the opposite side of the wall now on this opposite side was the garden of the prison in this garden was a watchman and this watchman was the hobgoblin of tomlinson's scheme for suppose us safe in the garden said he what shall we do with this confounded fellow but that is not all added paul for even were there no watchman there is a terrible wall 
which i noted especially last week when we were set to work in the garden and which has no pipe save a perpendicular one that a man must have the legs of a fly to be able to climb nonsense returned tomlinson i will show you how to climb the stubbornest wall in christendom if one has but the coast clear it is the watchman the watchman we must what asked paul observing his comrade did not conclude the sentence it was some time before the sage augustus replied he then said in a musing tone i have been thinking paul whether it would be consistent with virtue and that strict code of morals by which all my actions are regulated to slay the watchman good heavens cried paul horror-stricken and i have decided continued augustus solemnly without regard to the exclamation that the action would be perfectly justifiable villain exclaimed paul recoiling to the other end of the stone box for it was night in which they were cooped but pursued augustus who seemed soliloquizing and whose voice sounding calm and thoughtful like young's in the famous monologue in hamlet denoted that he heeded not the uncourteous interruption but opinion does not always influence conduct and although it may be virtuous to murder the watchman i have not the heart to do it i trust in my future history i shall not by discerning moralists be too severely censured for a weakness for which my physical temperament is alone to blame despite the turn of the soliloquy it was a long time before paul could be reconciled to further conversation with augustus and it was only from the belief that the moralist had leaned to the jesting vein that he at length resumed the consultation the conspirators did not however bring their scheme that night to any ultimate decision the next day augustus paul and some others of the company were set to work in the garden and paul then observed that his friend wheeling a barrow close by the spot where the watchman stood overturned its contents the watchman was good-natured enough to assist him in refilling the barrow and tomlinson profited so well by the occasion that that night he informed paul that they would have nothing to dread from the watchman's vigilance he has promised said augustus for certain considerations to allow me to knock him down he has also promised to be so much hurt as not to be able to move until we are over the wall our main difficulty now then is the first step namely to climb the pipe unperceived as to that said paul who developed through the whole of the scheme organs of sagacity boldness and invention which charmed his friend and certainly promised well for his future career as to that i think we may manage the first ascent with less danger than you imagine the mornings of late have been very foggy they are almost dark at the hour we go to chapel let you and i close the file the pipe passes just above the door our hands as we have tried can reach it and a spring of no great agility will enable us to raise ourselves up to a footing on the pipe and the skirting board the climbing then is easy and what with the dense fog and our own quickness i think we shall have little difficulty in gaining the garden the only precautions we need use are to wait for a very dark morning and to be sure that we are the last of the file so that no one behind may give the alarm or attempt to follow our example and spoil the pie by a superfluous plum added augustus 
you counsel admirably and one of these days if you are not hung in the meanwhile will i venture to augur be a great logician the next morning was clear and frosty but the day after was to use tomlinson's simile as dark as if all the negroes of africa had been stewed down into air you might have cut the fog with a knife as the proverb says paul and augustus could not even see how significantly each looked at the other it was a remarkable trait of the daring temperament of the former that young as he was it was fixed that he should lead the attempt at the hour then for chapel the prisoners passed as usual through the door when it came to paul's turn he drew himself by his hands to the pipe and then creeping along its sinuous course gained the wall before he had even fetched his breath rather more clumsily augustus followed his friend's example once his foot slipped and he was all but over he extended his hands involuntarily and caught paul by the leg happily our hero had then gained the wall to which he was clinging and for once in a way one rogue raised himself without throwing over another behold tomlinson and paul now seated for an instant on the wall to recover breath the latter then the descent to the ground was not very great letting his body down by his hands dropped into the garden hurt asked the prudent augustus in a hoarse whisper before he descended from his bad eminence being even willing to bear those ills he had then fly to others that he knew not of no without taking every previous precaution in his power was the answer in the same voice and augustus dropped so soon as this latter worthy had recovered the shock of his fall he lost not a moment in running to the other end of the garden paul followed by the way tomlinson stopped at a heap of rubbish and picked up an immense stone when they came to the part of the wall they had agreed to scale they found the watchman about whom they needed not by the by to have concerned themselves for had it not been arranged that he was to have met them the deep fog would have effectually prevented him from seeing them this faithful guardian augustus knocked down not with a stone but with ten guineas he then drew forth from his dress a thickish cord which he procured some days before from the turnkey and fastening the stone firmly to one end threw that end over the wall now the wall had as walls of great strength mostly have an overhanging sort of battlement on either side and the stone when flung over and drawn to the tether of the cord to which it was attached necessarily hitched against this projection and thus the cord was as it were fastened to the wall and tomlinson was enabled by it to draw himself up to the top of the barrier he performed this feat with gymnastic address like one who had often practised it albeit the discreet adventurer had not mentioned in his narrative to paul any previous occasion for the practice as soon as he had gained the top of the wall he threw down the cord to his companion and in consideration of paul's inexperience in that manner of climbing gave the fastening of the rope an additional security by holding it himself with slowness and labour paul hoisted himself up and then by transferring the stone to the other side of the wall where it made of course a similar hitch our two adventurers were enabled successively to slide down and consummate their escape from the house of correction 
follow me now said augustus as he took to his heels and paul pursued him through a labyrinth of alleys and lanes through which he shot and dodged with a variable and shifting celerity that had not paul kept close upon him would very soon combined with the fog have snatched him from the eyes of his young ally happily the immaturity of the morning the obscurity of the streets passed through and above all the extreme darkness of the atmosphere prevented that detection and arrest which their prisoner's garb would otherwise have ensured them at length they found themselves in the fields and skulking along hedges and diligently avoiding the high road they continued to fly onward until they had advanced several miles into the bowels of the land at that time the bowels of augustus tomlinson began to remind him of their demands and he accordingly suggested the desirability of their seizing the first peasant they encountered and causing him to exchange clothes with one of the fugitives who would thus be enabled to enter a public-house and provide for their mutual necessities paul agreed to this proposition and accordingly they watched their opportunity and caught a ploughman augustus stripped him of his frock hat and worsted stockings and paul hardened by necessity and companionship helped to tie the poor ploughman to a tree they then continued their progress for about an hour and as the shades of evening fell around them they discovered a public-house augustus entered and returned in a few minutes laden with bread and cheese and a bottle of beer prison fare cures a man of daintiness and the two fugitives dined on these homely viands with considerable complacency they then resumed their journey and at length wearied with exertion they arrived at a lonely haystack where they resolved to repose for an hour or two End of chapter nine part two